1: and everyone at the awesome hoopheads podcast network at hoopheadspod.com it is sincerely appreciated. Well, we were planning on stopping by and giving you guys all the latest goings on in the world of basketball along with our thoughts on trade targets and things of that nature for the offseason for the Lakers on Thursday. We were going to record and drop it on Friday but I liken it to a game I just reviewed this week for the pop culture cosmos in Chivalry 2. Because really, when it comes down to it, if you play that game, it's organized chaos. And that is what happened in the past 24 hours with the NBA organized chaos. We have playoff upsets. We have coaches getting fired. We have front office shakeups because of analytical people, because of front office people. Long time vice presidents are gone because star players are upset. We've got a whole bunch of drama going on all over the place. We've got major injuries. We've got playoff upsets. We've got players going into COVID protocol. We've got so much news we want to hit you up with, so we decided let's go ahead and move it up to today for recording now so we can go ahead and give you an update what's going on with the NBA playoffs and all the latest news, and we'll go ahead on our Sunday night telecast aka monday for when the podcast drops we'll go ahead and give you our thoughts on what's going forward if we were the los angeles Lakers, who should we target and all that so we'll go ahead and drop that for you on monday's show but here today to start off with i'm hoping for more entries i think because the game's still going on between the clippers and the jazz but this guy because he's on the east coast wanted to start a little bit early you got to catch what he wants to do at Lakerholics.com. He is our basketball historian and a guy who is also, like me, always loves the NBA news. It is the Magic Man, Sean Grice. And Magic Man, great to have you aboard once again.
2: Thank you very much, Gerald. And you were right. It was organized chaos today. And uh, it's kind of funny. Halfway through reading the day's events in the NBA, I had this Stranger Things theme running through. As if it would have been the perfect theme for what was going on in the day.
1: I actually thought for me it would have been more like the Keystone Cops, personally, because uh, everything seemed to be going all over the place. Touche. That's a better analogy. I agree. Absolutely. Well, you know what? We're going to go ahead and start first and give everybody an NBA playoffs update. First off, there's a game that's underway. We're going to go ahead with 59 seconds left, the Clippers. My, oh my, what a surprise in Utah are leading by seven over the Utah jazz. And we'll talk about that game coming up here in a few minutes, but we'll let that game finish. And I know the other guys, hopefully when they come on, they'll have stuff to say about it too, but we're going to start with some playoff upsets in Philadelphia, where a team that has been so dominant at home. In fact, last season, it was even more ridiculous, their home advantage to what they were on the road. This year even notwithstanding they still had a very dominant home record but the philadelphia 76ers now find themselves on the verge of elimination yes the number one seed in the east thought they would have an easy time of it in this round against atlanta but you know what trey young has said "Eh, eh." i've all grown up now it's been such a great showcase and a great coming out party for him For years now, he has been hearing how he was the lesser part of the Luka Doncic trade, and he's been hearing that for years. It's something that he has taken to heart, and look at it now. Luka Doncic is now in the middle of Dallas upheaval and chaos, and my friend, we now have Trey Young averaging well over 30 points a game, providing over 10 assists a game. He's been doing a tremendous job, and I'll tell you what, Magic man, it gets no better than the performance he's doing right now. He is growing up in front of our eyes as the Atlanta Hawks now lead three games to two.
2: jerry Young's mojo is impressive. He just has a command now when he has the ball. He it reminds me a little bit of you know a Pedro Martinez or a Kobe Bryant. Where in they get their ball. It's their ball. I'm going to hold it for five seconds. I'm going to hold it for 18 seconds, but it's my ball until I decide to give it up. And you just love to see that out of a uh, young player. I remember Kobe maturing in that fourth year as well. I, mean, I, I really don't see Trey Young getting past the um, Eastern Conference Finals if Atlanta does pull a series out, but his trajectory is impressive. He's an MVP candidate, I would say, moving forward. And I would say, you know, Atlanta has a lot of good problems to look at right now because Lou Williams and Trey Young in the backcourt is a problem for Philadelphia's all defensive tandem of Simmons and Pebble. It, they just create a lot of mismatches and... Lou's proving once again that anywhere other than the Clippers really, he's he's a difference maker in the playoffs, or or he can be. He was with Toronto. He never made the playoffs with us, but I sure loved his punch off the bench. And it looks like Philly's in a pickle here because this is going at least seven. And if uh the Nets finish off the Bucks here,
1: there's K D. Just waiting for you. We'll talk about Katie's performance here in a few minutes, but also here with us today is a good man. Indeed. You got to catch whatever he's doing as part of Lakerholics.com. Felix, you're right. These injuries are crazy. And we're going to go into all that as far as a major news update is concerned. But first off, it is Atlanta and Philadelphia with Atlanta taking a three games to two lead as they head back to Atlanta, but it is L Rob and L Rob as Felix gives you the shout out there on the comment board. Great to have you here, my friend. I mean, you've got to be impressed with the bravado, with the confidence that Trey Young and this young Atlanta squad now has.
3: Absolutely. I mean, I went with the Knicks. I thought the Knicks would beat Atlanta in seven, and Atlanta handled them very, very easily. So um, you were onto the Hawks early, so kudos to you. But they are playing exceptional. For a young team like that to have no fear – to come back from 25 down late in the third quarter and win in Philadelphia in a game five, you know, it's hard to think back to a really young team that has won that type of game in that real first taste of playoff experience. I mean, that's that's very, very, very rare. So you have to give Nate McMillan and you have to give, you know, all those guys, uh, you know, a lot of credit. So Philadelphia may not make it back. You know, it's a lot of blame to go around. Uh, I'm going to say
1: the key key turning point, if Atlanta wins the series, is Joel Embiid in the second half of game four going 0 for 10 or 0 for 12. Really, at a time where he, especially missing that easy shot near the end, absolutely just blew it. And, yeah, uh, to me right there, I think that's where the series has turned. I don't know why Doc
3: even keep calling those plays and then the guys aren't like Jim Jackson said today, sometimes you can't do the play to the coach call if it's not there. You know, when you seen uh, um, there was a couple times when uh, Harris toward the end of the game was trying to run whatever the coach said and, and threw he threw the ball away one time. Another time he's got, a, he, you know, he's, he's driving, he's got Gallo underneath the basket. Why are you trying to kick it back to MB 15 feet away from the basket when you're within three, five feet from the basket you know, if he goes strong, then he probably gets a M one. So, yeah, I felt bad for him because he kind of unraveled there, I thought, uh, a lot. But I don't know if a lot of that is a reflection on Doc. It's, at some point, when your teams are constantly kind of gagging, at some point, it's something you're doing. You, you are not instilling confidence in those guys. For some reason, they are playing scared out there.
1: You and I are thinking alike, my friend. I was just going to ask Magic Man, the next question after you're talking is Is this another one of those Doc Rivers three, you know, big game choke jobs as far as in a big series like this? Because we've seen it before, correct, El Rob, where he's done this for in yeah. fact last year for starters. You know, he, he's had the advantage, the tactical advantage, and the games advantage, and he's not gotten away with it. And tonight, I mean, a collapse like very few others we have seen at home, you get outscored. By 21, you give up 40 points at home in a playoff game. Magic Man, that is inexcusable. If it was me, I would go Laker Tom. And if it was the Lakers, I would go Laker Tom on somebody. And I would just rant and yell and scream and rave that I think the coach would be fired and all that stuff. But to me, that is just inexcusable in the fourth quarter of a playoff game. Game five, not game one, game five, a pivotal game in the series. You give up so many points in that fourth quarter.
2: 100% correct, Gerald. And you just identified the trifecta of a choke job, a true choke job. You're at home in a pivotal game, and you just lay an egg in the fourth quarter. That is the trifecta of choke. And they have (laughs) nobody to blame. They have nobody to blame but themselves. The trifecta of choke. I tell you what, if
3: Doc Rivers thought he caught some heat the way the Clippers went out last year, you have not felt the wrath of some fans until you feel the wrath of Philly fans.
0: Exactly. So this
3: oh, will be the longest summer of his life. If the, if the, I mean, the whole thing, last I mean, 12 hours ago, or go back to the last game when they were, where they were right there, you thought they was going to win that. And then today, you get the news that Leonard may be out for the rest of the playoffs. That yes. Chris Paul's going down. You see Harden can hardly move. Philly yes. fans have visions of hoisting the tr- championship trophy. And then hours later, to see their team. You're up by 20. Game,
1: They're up by 20 in the second half. They are,
3: yeah, I, I would love to be tuned into one of these Philly radio talk stations
2: right about now. I know they are going nuts.
1: Absolutely. Well, As well they
2: should. Lee, lead. Lead. Brian Westbrook has, I believe, a radio show in Philly, and I'm sure it's going to be lit tomorrow. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. man.
1: Absolutely. But again, it is now the Atlanta Hawks going back to Atlanta with a three games to two lead after one of the major collapses ever in NBA playoff history. Just inexcusable for Philadelphia to do that. And you, like you said, El Rob, the, the Philly fans are brutal. Remember, these are the same fans that snowballed Santa Claus. So nothing is off limits for them. And especially with the way the coaching changes are right now. And do you make the wrong mistake like that? And it could cost your job. I don't think it'll cost Doc Rivers his job because it is his first year. But then again, we've already seen two first year coaches fired already. So it could be a third on the way if we keep at it like this. But we'll wait and see. Again, the series shifts to Atlanta coming up in a couple of days here, so we'll see how that pans out.
2: This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break.
1: I know you've been hearing about Manscaped on all those other programs and podcasts. Well, Manscaped and the Hoopeds Podcast Network are working together on something fantastic. And oh my goodness, have we got to do it for you? Manscaped.com has just released their wireless, waterproof, and rechargeable Lawnmower 4.0, which offers their trademark skin safe replaceable blades that gets you the ultra close shave exactly where you need it. Head on over to Manscaped.com and choose from the huge list of men's grooming and lifestyle products, including the ultra popular Lawnmower 4.0 Body Groomer, and get 20% off at Manscaped plus free shipping with the promo code FASTBREAK at Manscape.com. That's right. Just type in FASTBREAK, all one word at checkout, at Manscape, and get ready to start looking good this summer from your friends at Manscape, the hoopeds Podcast Network, and the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. But right now, I do want to go ahead and mention that the game is still going on in the final seconds. 116 to 111 Clippers. Will they manage to pull it out? We'll wait and see. I know that we're going to talk about playoff P and actually we'll have some kind things for once to say about playoff P, but that's coming up here in a bit. But first off, I want to go ahead L Rob and ask you this, the performance last night for Brooklyn against Milwaukee and also bad coaching in Milwaukee. Again, as we talk about Budenhoser, the performance by KD. I had mentioned this a few years ago. And this was when KD and LeBron met up in the finals and KD out LeBron in the playoffs. I had said that at that time, for a brief moment, I think for that, I'll say for the, at least the first few months of that, you know, after that performance and whatnot, KD was the best player on the planet. Last night, going 49 points, I think 17 rebounds and 10 assists. Truly a spectacular performance, played all 48 minutes and brought his team back from the dead to beat a team in Milwaukee that had the lead, another team that choked a, another lead out there and just coughed it up in the in the fourth quarter. Not as large of a lead, though, but still, it was a, a double-digit lead at one point. Milwaukee, you just got to say, they're finding ways to lose rather than they're finding ways to win. El Rob, just a spectacular performance and one of the best games I've ever seen anyone play.
3: Yeah, I think that was uh, first he's the first player to do the the to do the forty nine, seventeen, ten. The only other players to do it was Will Chamberlain and the Elgin Baylor there's only been
1: five players that have ever done a 40 point triple double in the playoffs so yeah it's a a very limited list yeah well
3: those guys did it uh, I think you got to get up to 49 and then you gotta get up to 17 rebounds too so that'll probably eliminates everyone else but they did theirs in the regular season so yeah when you when you
1: do 20 or 30 in the playoffs in fact I was watching some YouTube videos of him doing like 20 or 30 in the finals as far as rebounds are concerned, pl- I was adding it, chipping in another 40 or 50 points. And that was just like mind boggling. And then yeah. I, I saw him closing out the series against the Knicks, get like eight block shots. And it's just, it's just crazy. Just crazy. Like video game stuff yeah. for him. But yeah, yeah just a tr- but just a tremendous performance by him. You got to be impressed. And again, he is playing like the best player in the world right now.
3: You know, when you go back to that series where, you know, people ignored KD, yes, I could see that, but it still was a little bit. It just you don't get bit, it every you, game. You don't get it every game. It's a little bit more, even though he outdo LeBron in the finals. I think that was the game LeBron opened up the finals with like 50, right? Didn't he drop 50? Like yeah, series. but
1: he closed it out so strong against yeah. LeBron. And, that, and so that time, it yeah. was that time. But that he was did, before all
3: the injuries. He had the Splash Brothers. He had Draymond. Yes, he closed yeah. it out. He was great. But when you had that kind of comfort level where you only you can save your you know pick your spots and and you don't and every and everybody else is chipping in, then it's easy. But yes, he is making his statement right now that I am the best player in the league. That was incredible. That was one of the all time greats. That's one of those you'll you'll always remember, just like LeBron. Dropped fifty or whatever LeBron did forty five and whatever on and Game Five against Boston when he was under a lot of pressure. um The thing is LeBron has had a lot of those type games. I mean, he's had so many that you don't really remember some of the yeah. ones he's had. But KD is making his his push. Uh, Kawhi was making a strong statement that hey, I am the best player.
1: Yeah, uh,
3: Embiid just was kind of making a, a statement. So you know, guys are jostling.
1: The thing with KD Dodo, and I want to give him a little bit of props again, played every single minute of the game, and he played defense strong. And the thing is with Mike Budenholzer, and let me turn it also over to it and give it this guy a chance. He is the mastermind behind Lakerholics.com. It is Laker Tom. Tom, we're talking about the Brooklyn series right now. And with Budenholzer and El Rob, I'm tell me if you concur as well. Mike Budenholzer, okay. This is the second year in a row I'm going to mention this. Yes, P.J. Tucker has had moments in time against KD, but also there's been time in the series that he's gotten roasted. And you have this seven-foot player that's athletic and is supposed to be an all-time great defensive player on the team, Kumpo, And Giannis Kumpo for the second-year row, is not consistently playing defense on the other team's star player. We saw it last year with Butler from Miami. He didn't play defense on him. He played like he's still like his swing or he's guarding someone he wants to play off the defense. Naker Tom, if you have a player like that, wouldn't you at least go ahead and just give P.J. Tucker a break and put in Brent Forbes for some extra shooting and to say, you know what, Giannis, play like the all-defensive player mm-hmm. I know you can play.
0: Yeah, I tend to agree with you, and and
1: second year in a row, second year. Well, but
0: yeah, but, but you also probably have to understand that Giannis's strength is not being a lockdown defensive player. Frankly,
1: but that's not his defensive
0: team. strength. His defensive strength is that he's got a great body. He can he can block shots in the low post. He's uh, a physical player and so forth. But he doesn't have the quickness to to stay with Durant and. And uh, I think his coach may have made the decision not to put him on Durant simply to save him from being embarrassed. But there's also a second part of that, that that goes that defense is as much a mental game as it is a physical game. And the difference between guys like LeBron James and Anthony Davis, who both volunteered for the challenge to guard the other team's most effective player rather than shying away from it, like a lot of the other superstars in the league seem to do. And so I think that it's it part of it is part of it is maybe the coach recognizing that his player is not that kind of player who has the physical or the mental ability to go out there and take a challenge like trying to shut down one of the top scorers in the league, you know. And and believe me, you know, I mean, I'm not a KD fan to be honest with you. And I'm sure I'm not a Brooklyn Nets fan. But that was one of the greatest playoff performances I've ever seen. And who's the greatest player today or this week or this month or so forth? Throw the injuries out the door and so forth. That opens up opportunities for everybody. But this has been a season of unprecedented injuries, unprecedented all-star players going down in the regular season, in the playoffs. And we haven't even gotten to the conference finals, for God's sakes. Yeah, you know, so it has
1: been so fun the past you, 24 You can hours. expect
0: it, you know, and I mean, it's just like this crazy day where there's so much news happening that Lakers' fast break decides they ought to have a podcast about it. Absolutely, um, you know, I mean, it's you know, it's it's sort of like Donald Trump being president and you being in the news industry, you know, because that's like the best thing that could happen to the news industry, and for all of these talk shows. For websites like LakerHolics.com and for podcasts like Lakers Fast Break, you know, this is nothing but low hanging fruit being dropped we, in our hands, you know.
1: As much um, as we like to say, you know, yeah. th- I agree with you. The NBA you is a
0: traffic accident right yeah, now. It's like exactly. a race car accident. So
1: it's organized <laughs> chaos. And I love it. I love it. But Sean, speaking of organized chaos, We talked about, just briefly, about what's going on with the Clippers and the Jazz, and that game has gone final. And (laughs) I got to admit it, L. Rob. I got to admit it, Laker Tom. I got to admit it, Magic Man. Playoff P with tonight's performance has made up for hitting the side of the backboard in the bubble.
0: It's just one Uh, game. Well, that was just one game
1: then. Don't go
0: go patting him on the back too hard or he'll knock Uh, him over.
1: uh, Well, that's true. Well, maybe that's what I'm doing. Maybe that's what I'm doing, but great performance. He, you know, obviously he just did a great job. He had to step it up because we're not sure what the status is of how hurt the injury to Kawhi Leonard is. Uh, there, it is a ACL injury of some type. The team has not expressed to what extent. I know when it concerns the issue about swelling. This, so obviously there's there's some concern that this could be a very serious injury. Looking at him being out the rest of the series, if not longer. But Paul George did. Step it up tonight. 37 points, 16 rebounds, a crucial block shot of Donovan Mitchell in the last minute on a three point attempt. And they win 119, 111, take a three games to two lead heading back to LA. Your thoughts, Magic Man, on this performance?
2: Yeah, Gerald. When I saw the news about Kawhi I was with my girlfriend at the time and I happened to. Pulled my phone over to her, and her being a physical therapist and worked with some of the Toronto Raptors from 2019, she just shook her head, like this. I said, what's going on? She said the following. She said, Sean, Kawhi Leonard was the oldest 27-year-old that my friends ever worked on. (laughs) And the San Antonio Spurs will probably tell you that Kawhi was the oldest 26-year-old that they ever worked on. Kawhi has bilateral tendinopathy. It's a chronic knee condition. It's unfortunate. But he's got problems in his knee. In his right knee, he has patellar tendinopathy. In his left knee, he has, I believe, it is quad tendinopathy. It's a very difficult injury. This is an ACL. It's serious. And I feel he made up for it tonight, Gerald, with his performance. However, if he doesn't close the deal in Game 6, then he might have to deal with Pandemic P again in Game 7. And I think this is a case of the Clippers where they might have won the battle, but I think they've lost the war overall because if they're going to go to the finals, you can't plant your flag and run without Kawhi and think you're going to win. It's just not in yeah, the guard.
1: Going up against that backcourt, you saw how well they matched up with the Lakers. And the Lakers, again, had they been healthy, I still think they would have pulled out the series. But we'll talk about the Suns in a second because they have an issue that needs to be brought up. But Rob, your thoughts on tonight's game. The Clippers now take a three-to-two game lead and the choke that he did last year when we were all laughing and all having a good time over the Clippers at that point. So, El Rob, I mean, you got to give it to Paul George. He picked up the pace tonight. Even if they get by the Jazz, I don't give them much of a chance against Phoenix, regardless of the status of Chris Paul. But your thoughts on playoff P and how well he did tonight.
3: You know what? Uh, you have to give him credit. And he came out and he pretty much controlled the game. He uh, was the best player on the court from, for, for 48 minutes. So uh, you got to tip your hat. What do you have? 37, 15, something like that. So yep. that's, that's a great game. That's what you need. Shot a great percentage. Yeah. I mean, that was a, a great performance. And you, you give Paul George credit. You know, I always liked Paul George until you know, until I seen him partying with Westbrook, and after telling us how much he wanted to come to LA. So since then, I don't have a strong dislike for him. I just don't think you know when you don't want to come to the Lakers, uh, you know, I have to feel some kind of way, like you don't want that pressure, you don't want that, you don't need that smoke. So good to see him come up big, like you said though, like Tom and 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 Sean said, this is one game. Same with KD, that was a great game. But uh, going up three-two in the conference semifinals don't get you anything. Yep. So you know what? You got to back up those games with more games, and you got to end up hoisting the Larry O'Brien. Then we'll give you full credit. Otherwise, we'll say, "Hey, that was a great run." But I have to go back to that Bucks game. That was, without a doubt, absolutely one of the worst coach games I've ever seen. In fifty years of watching basketball, and that was you got a man out there that's playing like a mummy and you're guarding him.
4: You're oh, that's him... right.
1: That's right, because you had not only Harden out there, Shamit's a liability on defense. Harden because of his injuries, you should have taken him to the yeah. rack each let and every him, time.
3: Forget the offense. Let's Harden shoot. Let him shoot. Let him be aggressive. Yeah. Double yeah. team KD and that leave Harden wide open. Yeah. Can he? Can he go to the basket? I mean, can he drive? Can he? Did he make? What did he made? One basket? One out of and ten? You him like he's Kobe Bryant in his prime. You got Drew Howard. You're wasting one of your best defensive players guarding guarding a guy who can barely move, who showed no interest in really trying to score, who was yep. just a decoy before, and you never switched your strategy. That was. That and he was, was out there forty six
1: minutes. He was out there forty six minutes alongside KD. Just yeah, that
3: that okay. was mind boggling. And yeah. somewhere in the course of all this stuff, I you know I what I would love to see, I would love to see Rick Carlisle say, you know what, all this drama that's going on in Dallas, you know, if it's true that this analytics guy is calling the shots, uh, let me out of here and 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 Buden- Budenhausen get fired. Let Rick Carlisle go to Milwaukee. They will win a championship. He will lead that team to a championship if he goes to Milwaukee. So I would like to see them have a real coach, man. They got guys who, he looks baffled on the sidelines. You got your best player out there telling us that Kevin Durant is the greatest player in the world. It's like somebody needs to talk to him and tell him, you never say that. Even if you think KD is good, what, Giannis in the post game is saying Kevin Durant's the best player in the world. What is this? What's going on over there? But
2: doubling well, yeah, him again I, I would have, have been a smart say, move. Yeah, I have to say, Gerald, I agree with Lee and, and Tom there. Giannis aspired and does aspire to be like Kobe. But he's reverted away from the Mamba mentality these past two playoffs. With you can't have the
0: Mamba mentality if you can't shoot.
2: Yeah, well, it, Kobe, Kobe once said if you can't shoot, it doesn't matter if you go, go right or left. <laughs> you know, Chris Middleton made an incredible basketball play yesterday. And all Giannis had to do was put it up off the glass. He didn't even right. need to go strong after it. Yeah. But right. Butterfingers
1: dropped. Yeah, it. But Chris Middleton, you a score. Score that, you're right at the rack. Also true. Well, Chris Middleton, a lot also is true. asked of him. The thing is, with because the unique play and the unique style of their star player, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and what he does and what he brings, the only thing that he really cannot bring you is that, that individual that down the stretch is going to get you those clutch baskets or you can count on it. It just seems he can get a, a lot of extra stuff extraneous from the outside as far as maybe putting in putback dunks or giving you a key block here or something like that. He's not the individual that Milwaukee can lean on in the last two minutes of any type of important game. Who do they always lean on? Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton is a good player, a very good player, an all-star, but he is not a superstar. And time and time again, so much is put on him. He would be perfect as a number two guy. And technically in Milwaukee, he is, but for some reason, always down the stretch, they play him like he's a number one, and the problem is he is not a number one. He's a number two guy. He would be the guy that, let's say, on, the, on our team in the Lakers, the LeBron, okay, they double-team LeBron, you kick it out to Middleton for the easy three. That's the type of player he should be. But the problem is with Milwaukee, Boone says, okay, I need you to isolate Middleton, I need you to take it, and I need you to make all the decisions with the ball. And the problem is he's not that type of player. But then again, we could go all day on Budenholzer's mistakes. And you know what? If they end up losing in the series, I don't think you'll be able to see Budenholzer in the job much longer than that because, you know, there's a lot of firings going on right now in the NBA. And we'll cover that here in a few minutes. But also here today to talk about what's going on with the major news all over the place is a good man indeed. He is part of five things at Lakerholics.com. It is Jamie Sweet. Jamie, before we head on to the news – I want to go ahead and hit you up as far as anything you saw with the Clippers going up 3-2, Atlanta going up 3-2, and Brooklyn going up 3-2 before we head on to the major news stories involving Phoenix, the coaching changes, Dallas and their front office, chaos, and so much more. I'll try to nutshell it
4: pretty quickly. Milwaukee has three number twos, and they rely on their defense to be number one. Neither Holiday, Giannis, or Chris, are number one guys on any team. They're all at best number twos in terms of the way they play the game, the way they attack the game. Trey Young is for real. Uh, He's going to go farther than – he might go farther than Luka Doncic has ever managed to go – that battle between who was the better number one pick that draft was – I'm not willing to
1: go there yet.
4: I'm willing to go there. Uh, I'm willing to go there. I'm willing to go there, dude. I don't know (laughs) that either – Well, let's look who's left. Embiid had a great game, but, like, Philly's defense has to improve far beyond what they've shown us that they're willing to commit to here in the playoffs. Is Danny
1: Green's loss that big of a deal?
4: I think it is. I think Danny Green was essential in us winning the championship last season. I I mean, everybody wants to be like, oh, he doesn't doesn't shoot, like, 40-plus percent from three every season. Like, the dude plays great, great communicative team defense. He was one of the guys that was one of the key cogs in our championship defense last season. Defense is somewhere where you can get away with guys with a little less athleticism if everybody is like on the same page. If you know where you're trying to move guys, you can get a step that you don't get with athleticism with smarts. But it takes everybody. We didn't have that at the in the playoffs this season, and we didn't have a lot of athleticism. Even though we had a well-rated defense that wasn't performing as advertised at that point, which I think we all are in agreement for. Listen, I think Trey Young knows how to make everybody on that team better, the way Magic Johnson knew how to make everybody better on teams. Before he was a prolific scorer. In a way that everybody kind of expects Ben Simmons to be able to do. If Magic Johnson was a rookie today, I I think he would struggle to play, right? Like he didn't have whoa, a three-point whoa, shot. Whoa, 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 oh, whoa. Whoa. i'll tell you why i'll tell you why it would take somebody who we're on
1: hot take this is a hot take podcast i know i I know
4: the only reason i say that there's only one reason i say that is because there is so much more outside pressure from the world than when magic came up to be a type of point guard to be a type of player to fit into a type of role on a team that does not always translate into winning but translates into numbers into raw stats and the numbers that are bloated in many, especially in the regular season and the contributions and the style that magic played, uh, you know, I take that back in a way because LaMelo ball did just win rookie of the year. And he has a game that is very reminiscent, I think of a magic Johnson. And so I'm going to check myself a little bit. I think that magic would struggle to succeed at the level that he did as a professional Because he didn't come into the league with a three-point shot. The way that Ben Simmons has – he didn't have the athleticism and quickness that Ben Simmons has, right? Like, Magic was as much a cerebral player as a young man that ever came into the league, maybe ever, right? That, like, the way he saw the game as a chess match – I, be, I would love to see it. I would love to see it. I, that's one of the things about the NBA, right? It's like, you say this or that about this guy. And I'm a huge Magic Johnson fan. Mm-hmm. I, I've met Magic Johnson. And I don't have any pictures of him, but he's, you know, he's a very nice man. Pretty terrible GM. Pretty terrible person. Pretty terrible coach. Uh, but, Anyway, I just think Trey Young's for real. I feel like he's blowing up in a way that Ben Simmons will never blow up because Ben Simmons can't shoot. Because (laughs) because the guys who can't shoot in this league are never going to be, and LeBron proved that by learning to shoot. You can't come into the league and be a dominating superstar of the modern NBA, or you have to be like Jordan-esque, right? You have to score and assist and like Russell Westbrook, but even he's vilified, right? Like, That's what I guess I'm saying is that there's so much outward pressure from the world to be a type of NBA player that fits into an analytical mold that makes every, you know, and a lot of those things don't translate into playoff basketball. I don't think anybody saw the Hawks going this far and it's a tribute to their competitiveness.
1: The only thing I'll say is L Rob hit it on the, on the nose as far as the coaching job by Doc Rivers. One thing I do want to say is, in a playoff matchup, you got to exploit weaknesses. And we're, for all the great things Trey Young does on the offensive side, he is a major liability still on the defensive side. And I have have not seen Philadelphia take major advantage of that. And that's, I think, another key problem with this as well.
4: Well, that's why Ben Simmons will never live up to the Magic Johnson label because he doesn't have that – Also, like. I would say magic was a cerebral player, but he was also somebody who wanted to win more than anything else on planet Earth. Uh, and I don't see that same fire in Ben Simmons. Uh, I actually see that fire a little more in Embiid, but his body, his body betrays him like Brandon Roy. Um, I love Ben Simmons's game. I think he would actually be a great Laker, but Embiid isn't going to be able to carry that team. The way that they need him to, and he like it's Embiid versus Young at this point, right? Like it's it's you know that's 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 the that's the kung fu matchup, man. It's Embiid versus Young, big versus little, outside versus everywhere. for B, you know they both can score everywhere. They both the difference is that Trey Young makes his team better uh, than Embiid does, uh, which is in theory Ben Simmons's job, but it's not. Two, it's just not working that way. I think I think Trey Young's too much for both Ben Simmons and Embiid to overcome as a team in the playoffs. At least the way they play nowadays.
0: Too much for what. the process.
1: Yeah, <laughs> too that's much right. for the process. Man, I, you should have been... Hey, why did Hinky leave in the first place? Because the league wanted him out, but you know what? It seems like ever since then, they've been making mistakes in Philly, just despite themselves, and I think Hinky should have stayed in place, but that, that's just my opinion on that one, but Again, the process is still going on, could still go on, but we'll see what happens this weekend for Philadelphia and Atlanta. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers fast break podcast. Hey, Hoopheads! We all hate ankle sprains and they happen way too often. and use the code Hoopheads to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot with promo code Hoopheads to get 20% off. Once again, Atlanta's up three games to two. Also as well, the Clippers are up three games to two as that hits back to Los Angeles and Brooklyn is up three games to two in that series. But there's one series that is finished and that is phoenix that did the old sweep on denver in a series again which makes me long for the fact that i wish I, we had two healthy lakers but again that's gonna dwell on that as much as i can but laker tom there's some news that came down today in regards to chris paul and he tested positive it's funny because afterwards sham sharani has said out of the eligible over 100 players that are still left in the playoffs <laughs> only one only tested one. positive ah, and everybody's like on twitter I wonder who that was. Right. Hmm, hmm. But right now he is in in COVID protocol. Supposedly he did vaccinate himself. So if he is asymptomatic and he tests negative two days in a row, I believe that's the that's the deal. He gets the you know get out of jail free card and he gets to go ahead and you know play. If they are going to play, because you know it could the series could start as early as Sunday or it could start Tuesday, Wednesday. Could even start later in that. So we'll see. Yeah, I know, Jamie, bubble playoffs, zero positive tests. But then again, that was in such a confined environment and all that. You saw after they finished off the series, Chris Paul went to the stands. He was hugging family members. And I'm not going to say that did it, but you never know during the course of what he walked into the locker room, somebody coughed along the way or, you know, just somebody random, he goes to the store. I mean, it can happen to anyone at any point in time right now, now that We are more open, less people are wearing masks, et cetera, et cetera. So, Laker Tom, I want to hear your thoughts on this with Chris Paul. If you think he's going to be out, and what would that do for Phoenix against the Clippers or Utah?
0: I don't think he's going to be out. I mean, it would have to be one of those rare cases, you know, 10%, because the vaccines have proven to be close to 90%, presuming that. He got vaccinated early before the Johnson single dose was available. So, if he got the Pfizer or the Moderna uh, vaccine, it it would be, you know, it's a 10 to 1 shot that he actually caught anything. On the other hand, you know, if you test positive, it has to mean something. Yeah. You know,
1: that's the case. He would be listed as a breakthrough.
0: Individual
1: right. meaning most likely he will not suffer. Yeah, but there are, the issues. problem is
0: there are a lot of false positives that yeah. uh, can happen out there, so you can't really rely on that test. It's it's why they have the two two negative tests would override that. Well, so, at least they have some know, time
1: for him to figure. Yeah,
0: out. Uh, you know, so I think I think it'll be fine. You know, I I think it's possible that you know, I mean, if he has COVID, that's going to hurt the sons, but. You know, I I tell you, one of the guys that impressed me more than almost anybody else on that team was Cameron Payne. You know, you look at guys like Ross and uh, like Payne who come out of nowhere, you know, and all of a sudden are playing, and he has a quickness to him that's really difficult to contain. He gets to the rim as well, maybe even better than a guy like Schroeder, and he can shoot the three. He shoots off balance. He's got more of a set shot, you know, like Schroeder does. But at least it's a quick it's a quick moving shot. So we're you know, this is this is in my opinion, we had the bubble playoffs, the bubble championship. This is the the bubble tax or the bubble penalty championship because of all of the people that are injured out there. And as we look at the teams that are remaining and the teams that are likely to win the championships, it's gonna be very difficult for any team to go in there fully, fully healthy you know, for the championship. I mean, Donovan Mitchell is not, was not Donovan Mitchell tonight. And I know they kept giving excuses for it, but man, he bricked a couple of threes that were just wide open threes that you'd normally expect him to have a good chance to make. So every single team out there has an issue with a player that they're missing, that that is a valuable part of the valuable cog in their machines. So it's going to be interesting to see who's going to win the championship this year. You know, as a Laker fan, I enjoy watching all of the games. I'm obviously rooting for, uh, unlike almost every other sport, well, I'll root for the team that took out my team. I'm probably rooting for the Suns. I only have a couple of exceptions for that. I once rooted for the Boston Red Sox when the Yankees got taken out. I will never root for the Los Angeles Clippers if, even though they're from the Western Conference. And, uh, there are some exceptions like the Boston Celtics and, and the East that I just won't root for because they're nice. that's just the way I'm built. But uh, I think the Suns will be okay. This is one of those seasons, you know, like there was an advantage that you had in the bubble for guys not having to play in front of crowds on the road. And you saw some guys shoot lights out for doing that. Now we're playing with fans on the road, but the teams that have continuity, you know, and and we're primarily talking about Utah and, and Phoenix, Everybody devalued their finishing first and second, thinking that the Clippers and the Lakers were the better teams. What stood out to me in these playoffs, I think, is that they probably deserve that first and second rating, and the continuity that they have is is what's held them through the first two rounds of the playoffs. The Suns have proven that they can take care of business. You know, they took down a Lakers team that, even though they were hobbled, is the defending champion, and it takes a certain amount of of pride and the desire to do that. It's something that I think you can easily not give the proper value to. So I think that they deserve a lot of credit for how they played against the Lakers. I think they deserve credit and how they played in the second round. They're the only team that's sitting out there waiting for their opponent to be decided. And uh, they're the team that I think may have a shot to win it all. You know, it it just depends what happens with the injuries on the teams coming from the East. And, um, you know, whether or not the teams that are going to win in the West, uh, whether or not the Clippers can probably get Kawhi back. Now, if uh, if they lose CP3 because he ends up having COVID or something like that, comes back with a second positive test, that'll hurt him. But it wouldn't hurt him as much as, let's say, the Nets losing Kyrie and, uh, and Harden uh, or as much as the, the 76ers losing losing uh, Embiid so you know it's it's Chris is more of a guy who's given them confidence through the year but I think what he's brought to that team is not going to disappear if he's not playing
1: well I'll tell you what it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out again he needs to get two negative tests in a row to get cleared will that happen before the start of the next round the Western Conference Finals we'll wait and see but again Chris Chris Paul is currently under protocol. We'll have to wait and see what they'll do as far as that. And hopefully he'll feel better because I don't wish any ill will on Chris Paul because, you know, obviously he's a a great player. Might be a Laker next
0: year. You never know.
1: You never know. You never know. Nothing is out of bounds at this point. But we'll talk about all the trade targets or targets that the Lakers should go after coming up on our show on Monday because the fact we've got so much to talk about. We thought we'd come on a little bit early and talk about all the great news. But Magic Man, you're upset right now because we're going to be talking about the mess in the Dallas front office right now because it's been something very interesting to see over the course of the past 48 hours. The Athletic, not Tim McMahon of ESPN, who is the vaunted Mr. Texas reporter that was supposed to get all this news. It was The Athletic. Doing some really investigative journalism. And as a fellow journalism major and graduate, I really just truly appreciate the work that they did on it because they've been they they found out that there's been a lot of tension behind the scenes in the Dallas Mavericks organization, really stemming from what I guess the, the issues between Luka Doncic, who you really don't want to get upset if you really want to hold on to him long term because he's on the verge of signing a mega contract here in the not too distant future. And the director of quantitative research and development, Haralabos Volgeris, who if you're not familiar with him is a major individual out in the gambling scene, but he uses a lot of analytics in the way he goes and does about his business. He's become very successful as a gambler based off of analytics and has transferred that information at the behest of Mark Cuban to the Dallas Mavericks organization over the past couple of years. But over that time, he's built a lot of tension with Luca. And I think because of the fact that the numbers say one thing and Luca is saying another, I think it's pretty much what it comes down to. And they have not been playing very nice, nice. And I guess this whole blow up and this whole tension has led to the resignation of VP of the front office and a guy who's been with the team over 20 years and Donnie Nelson, who, I think all of us can say we have held in high regards, helped navigate a team that won a world championship. He helped get Luka and made that trade to get Luka into Dallas. He also, I think, was part of the group that helped draft Dirk Nowitzki. I mean, just truly been a part of that organization. And to see him out over all this mess has been really unfortunate.
2: Very unfortunate. Very sad, Gerald. I have great admiration for this man's father. He's basically one of the coaches I grew up watching and coaching and learning the game of basketball from, and that's the great Don Nelson. As far as Donnie's concerned, I mean, my goodness, you think about working at a job for 23 years in 2021. Just imagine asking him or a Gen Z or, yeah, you know what? You're gonna spend 23 years at this job I guarantee in 99 out of 100, I'll say, whatever. Twenty years is a long time. And Gerald, it, it seems like there's been this friction. from. It almost feels like it's a fracking. It, there's fracking going on with the Dallas Mavericks, with uh, these small tremors and earthquakes going on. I agree with you. It looks like Cuban is really adopting the model of the Tampa Bay Rays ownership. And those guys were from Wall Street. And you talked about the gambling expert that he has. Look, a lot of these guys get in a room with these owners, these math nerds, and they basically convince them a way to run an organization or club that really hasn't been done before. They're so convinced and they're so enthusiastic about their their package they wrapped up and put a nice on for you. to convince you that what they're selling is real. And like you said, Gerald, it looks like it's a battle between the math nerds and Luca's feel for the game. Now, when Luca talks about a feel for the game, I know exactly what he's talking about because Magic talked about that all the time. He would say, yep, yeah, we'd go into film We'd all understand what we had to do. But five to eight minutes into the ball game, the, the game plan went to put. There's foul trouble. Somebody got injured. So Magic, when the game plan didn't work, I went right to Pat Riley. No, oh, Pat, I'm going to feel my way out of this. And Riley would say, yep. Yeah. Go for it. Within reason. And it just seems like Carlisle is I don't think he's resisting Luke at all. I think it's a more of a push and pull. And obviously now we see Carlisle's been pushed into using lineups, into using players that he doesn't really think will give him a matchup advantage. And um, I kind of agree with Lee. I think if Bud is fired, it makes it really easy for Rick Carlisle to say bye-bye, check police. I'm gonna resign. And Milwaukee would
1: hire him in a in a New York hot minute, like Lee said. And that's something I will talk about with L Rob here in a second, because L Rob, I mean, you see the mess that's going on in Dallas right now. There's gonna be a front office change, and all this comes over, I guess the friction between again the Quantitative Research and Development Head, Haralabos Vulgaris, and Luka Doncic. To me, if I'm Mark Cuban, I would have headed this off in the past, but this is not the 1st inner inter-office scandal that they've had within the past three, four years there. For, for someone who everybody sees on the outside thinks they've got their stuff straight in, in regards to Mark Cuban... I think more than meets the eye if that's concerned, because we've already seen it now. Once I think twice this is I think the third office scandal that they've had of some type in the past three, four years.
3: Yeah, and you gotta give Cuban first a lot of credit because he took over an organization that was uh in in disarray and he's made them one of the better best franchises in the league. So yeah, he's he's proven to be a great owner and You know, he got them there on plane and different things he did to really make it player friendly. But it does seem like based on the last, you know, several years, there's always something going on in the Maverick organization that uh, gives them a black eye. So it's the buck stops at him just watching Carlisle coach and how much he just gave over the team to Luca just. That's not the Riccarla I know. I mean, and and I just couldn't put my finger in. I was like, well, you know, I mean, Luca is great, no doubt about it, but it just seems like something was fishy with that. So now, when all this coming out, I'm sure, yeah, I'm starting to think maybe that they were kind of told, hey, treat Luca with kid gloves, let him do whatever he wants, and let him kind of run things. And you know, I, it's kind of hard to argue with that. But before we go too much further, I have to go back to address Jamie's point about the great. Great Magic Johnson. Being, um I remember the very first game that Magic played in Big Ten, and he was playing up. He was playing against uh, University of Minnesota at the time. They had Kevin McHale, and they had Michael Thompson. Michael Thompson was a senior; he was All American, as you guys know. He would be go on to be the number one pick in the draft the following year. So he's a and senior. one of the
1: best NBA commentators out there.
3: There you go. And they were the defending champ, so. It's a tight game, second half. You know, Magic's a freshman. You know, Michael Thompson's a senior. They got this experienced team. And um, you know, they pack it in the end on, on, on Magic. And Magic pulls up and, and you know, the knock is he can't shoot. He comes down, he is back to back, bank shots from about 18 feet. And it's basically Magic was gonna do whatever it took to win the game. Something like if he if you gave him an outside shot, he was gonna take it. And he, and he wasn't, he was never scared of the moment. So, you know, a guy like Simmons, you know, you can see he shies away from the moment. Magic embraced the moment, you know. Okay. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's uh I, 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 it pains me to hear people even compare somebody like him to Magic, but I it, I definitely see Trey having that type of impact. You know, he having an impact and the control similar to a Magic Johnson. But, I mean, he's a little dude. He's six one. I mean, Magic <laughs> is boards, pushing it down. I mean, people, we've got this image somehow, kind of like people have a green of the old Kareem when he, you know, 35 and 38 and 40 years old, but people don't, I mean, a young Magic,
0: a young Magic was
3: swell, grabbing rebounds, pushing it down team's throat, and it was just probably the most amazing basketball any of us will ever see. Yeah. Uh, Magic in prime, like, in you know, I'm not talking about Magic when he balked up and was going to the post, hitting the baby sky. Like, I'm talking about young Magic at 22, 23, 24 years old. That was incredible. So, I had to get that out. Back to the Dallas organization, yeah, it is. Uh,
4: and I agree with you about Kareem. Kareem, Young Kareem, unstoppable, amazing, a threat from all over the court. Like, Yeah. yeah. So, um, I do have
3: to say this about Laker time. You probably enjoyed this. This is the first time I've seen this. Utah, 70% of their shots today was from three-point. You take 80 shots in the game, and 54 of them are from three-point land. Is this the basketball we want to see? I mean, I guess it's supposed to be winning basketball, but I mean, my goodness, I see Chris Paul dominating, shooting mid-range shots. I see Book getting into the lane, shooting mid-range shots. I see KD shooting mid-range shots. You know, these teams that just want to live and die by the three, I don't like, I, that's not a formula for winning. That is not. And you know what? As much as it pains me to see and, uh, the Clippers win you know what? I I don't want to see Utah win playing like that. I don't. So, you know, somebody else will have to take care of the Clippers. If you want to shoot 70, 70% of your shots from three points, get out of here. I want to see you gone. Kyle
4: Malone's rolling in his, uh, in his uh, hemi right now. So.
1: Something like that. But, oh. yes, a lot of stuff going on in the NBA. But before we head on out, Jamie, I'm going to head it to you with one last subject to talk about, and that is another firing. And that was Stan Van Gundy, the second coach this so far, this offseason, that has been fired after only one season. Did a terrible job with a somewhat talented nucleus in New Orleans. Didn't even make the playoffs. Didn't even make the play in. And was rewarded for his troubles with the early ouster. Your thoughts on it? Was it well deserved? I still think a lot of it, I'm in agreement with what I heard over, I think was either podcast or NBA radio. I'm putting a lot of it on David Griffin, and I do put a lot of it on David Griffin for some of the things that he did as far as making this a talented but very uh, non well fitting roster. It's like a beautiful puzzle, and not all the pieces fit.
4: Yeah, I thought he gave Stan Van Gundy a bad puzzle, but he's not going to fire himself. So, <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. so that's so that's how that works in the NBA. I, coaches are always the first to take the fall on any team that performs. Below, or if you don't meet expectations, which I think, if he had simply made the play-in, he'd still be coaching the the Pelicans today. And I don't think Stans the right coach for a modern NBA team. I think both Van Gundy brothers are a little too uh, too legit to quit. Like they're they're gonna like tell it to you how it is, and they're not gonna be like, hey man, you remember yesterday when like that guy blew, blew, blew blew by on defense. Let's get better at that. You know what I mean? Like, if you don't kind of, like, give him a little bit of a hug with the message, like, it's not going to get – I think that's the great thing about Vogel. Like, we give Vogel a, a, a deserved critique, but he is able to make young players like Cruz and THT buy into defense, right? Like, that's not an easy thing to do in the modern NBA. No matter how, no matter the result, like that is a tangible reality that he's gotten young players who traditionally are like, well, but I want to score 20 points or yeah, but I want the ball a lot or whatever. And I think also that like if Stan Gundy was going to be the coach, he should have ran every set from the Dwight NBA finals year with like Rashard Lewis at like four the OG four out before Tony even was like, Dwight, operate the center and throw four guys out on the perimeter. And, you know, it did work against Kobe and Phillip Powell and Lamar and Bidem and Trevor Ariza, but, I, you know, it would have, I think, gotten the Pelicans to the playoffs this year. Like, they played a, a weird brand of basketball that never really seemed to maximize any individual player's strength and try to be like, but Brandon and Zion and Lonzo a little bit, and, oh, look, even Josh Hart. Like, pick a guy. Well, pick a guy. Ingram pick a guy. Build,
2: build a closer the on that team. That
4: team. He, should, and that he should,
2: Ingram thinks he's a closer on that team. And he should be on a team. That's what. That's what their he, issue is. Zion yeah. is supposed to be the man on that team. Then right, right. Ingram thinks he's the closer. Right. So I think Ingram is going to get traded at some point within the next. I'd say this calendar year, or I would say at the trade deadline maybe in two years. You're right, Jamie. If it's a mishmash of a lot of different elements, like signing Stephen Adams, it's like training for Adams. Terrible move. Terrible move, a right.
0: A
1: yeah. uh, Took you away guys of-
0: that can't shoot to three. Right. You're not right. gonna win in the modern, modern NBA. And, and you
1: gave Adams yeah. a big fat contract on top of <laughs> it. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, the problem
0: is David Griffin.
1: Yes, exactly. Everybody agrees. David,
4: David but David's not going to fire himself, right? Like it's a, yeah. no. So Stan.
0: Stan wouldn't play the know, young players. That's his problem. Yeah, yeah. he wanted to win. I mean,
4: yeah, but he didn't win. That's the problem. And yeah. he want That's the problem. I want to know who steps into that. We're all talking about oh, like Carlisle could easily step into Milwaukee, and I think like I'm not going to lie. I, I feel like El Rob has some sort of Rick Kyle carlisle
0: crystal ball that you just like I as soon as i said it, i was like oh yeah that's like his team no, isn't he it? Does. Like, you know the point that lee made about carlisle's involvement in this situation and totally. the possible conflict between carlisle and giving the green light totally to luca as the superstar on the team um and it's kind of interesting because I also heard I, I saw on Twitter, and I haven't seen this confirmed anywhere, that uh, the analytics guy's also gone, and Carlisle's probably gone. Right. I mean, this That's... is like a total disaster.
1: Right. Well, hold on. Let me ask you this, Laker Tom. I'll give this question to you. I was going to ask El Rob this. In fact, we'll ask all each and every one of you guys real quick. Started with you, Laker Tom, and then we'll get right back to you with what you're doing for LakerHolics.com. Is the New Orleans Pelicans the best stop of all these vacancies, and we're going to include Milwaukee. Milwaukee chokes it and we think Bodenholzer is gone. Where's the best spot do you think right now?
0: You know, I think I think a too, there's a possibility there may be an opening in Philadelphia. Well, you're
1: event. talking about the Blazers, the Bucks, yeah. the Pelicans, the. Magic. I don't think they'll fire Doc I, even even if he chokes it. I don't. Think you know, of, I, I
0: actually I actually think the best job could be Luka. And the Wizards. The best job could be Luka. because be you got to
1: remember if they fire Doc, they'll have two coaches on the payroll. Right. And no, they'll really. have to get a third.
0: Yeah, well, it's like luxury tax. If you want to win, you do it. Yeah.
1: Or was, was Brett Brown was like the, the last Kings. year, not <laughs> renewed? I'm not sure. I, I think Brett Brown had one at least one more year on his contract.
4: Right. I, I didn't say Doc. I said the Bucks. Um, oh no, but I, I, I meant I think if
1: Philadelphia goes, if Philadelphia goes, I so. don't know. I, I think they, they look at the I, think I, think, I think they'll keep Doc.
4: I
0: think they'll keep Doc.
4: Yeah. Who's I, the I, next King big superstar?
0: Who do you think is the next big superstar? Trey Young. Luka Doncic. Uh, so
1: that's another, that's another think, podcast for another day. That's another podcast for another day. But go ahead, Sean. That's go where ahead. you
0: go. You go where the yeah, superstar I was, is. Go I was ahead, gonna Sean.
1: Say this:
2: If New Orleans buckles down here and identifies a young, up-and-coming assistant coach, I think you could find the right mix to blend with the, this young group. This is gonna be John Williamson's third coach in his third year. His third coach in his third year. But the they are going to win in the West for five more years. And you have to make sure that his player development is on a level that meets your expectations. And a third coach in a third year isn't isn't close to what you want. So you need stability here and you've identified the players that Zion like that you can build around, but until you trade Brandon Ingram, who thinks the closer it's going to be a constant
1: battle between him and Zion. But of all the in places in the NBA, which, which one, if you're a coach that can get any job right now, and we're going to include Milwaukee, if again, Budenholzer does that actually does a choke job. And fin- it gets finished off by the Brooklyn Nets. But let me ask you, which job is most tantalizing to you?
2: The best job, I think, is the New Orleans job. And the worst job, I think, you could take right now would be Portland.
1: Wow. Because I would have chosen Orlando, yeah. but that's just me. I... Okay, <laughs> okay, No, okay, so has got... A, a well, well, well,
0: sorry, Washington. Washington. Yeah, yeah. he, he Washington, was from. I,
1: I, I would have probably said to myself. Orlando's the worst job about it's all a, this. It's a
0: toss-up between well, to Magic. They're going to be rebuilding jobs, so yes,
1: forever. But L Rob, if there was a team, let's say you're a coach out there and you're the hottest name out there, and you can get any one of these jobs, and we'll throw Milwaukee into the mix, which yeah. would you think is the best opportunity?
3: Well, I like what Tom said, you always go with a superstar, superstar is. So if a team got a superstar, then they're in the running. But it's really, it really kind of depends on, do you want the pressure? Do you want to have a team where they're at the bottom, where you can be a fixer upper and build them up uh, a la Larry Brown? Or do you want to get into a house that's already ready made and you just need to tweak it? Um, there's going to be a lot more pressure in that uh, latter scenario. So it depends on your, you know. It really, to me, is between Dallas and Milwaukee because you got Luca and you got uh, Giannis. Those are clearly the, the two superstars. I wouldn't take a job in. Um, I mean, New Orleans is good, and Zion has that potential, but that organization is in such a array. You know, you come in and, and things don't go well. Next thing you know, ownership want going to get rid of Griffin. I don't think it warranted firing the previous coach. That you know. Zion was hurt. What was he on? Minute restrictions. Mm-hmm. He played 10 yeah. minutes here, three minutes there, and he was out most of the season. And when he came back, they actually played pretty good. And then they were on a roll before COVID hit. And, uh, I thought they were on course to kind of make the playoffs. I think they were only like two or three games out. But anyway, any rate, nevertheless, so he brings in Van Gundy and then he blows him out. So yeah, he, he's on a short leash. I wouldn't take a coaching job. There, knowing that the GM may be gone because the GM gets blown out, a new GMs want to hire his own coach. So Dallas, they just don't have the, you know, right now their organization is in kind of a flux too. But they got Luca, so you know Luca can cover a multitude of sins. I um, I then you got Zion, but Zion, I mean, and then you got Giannis. So I would go to Milwaukee. Give me a team with Giannis, who's proven to be a great player, one of the top five in the league. He just needs help in, 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 in teaching him how to win. And if you're a great coach, I think you should be able to uh, figure that out. Um, boy, with Drew Holiday, I mean, we've been talking about everybody else and giving everybody else grief. He has been very, very disappointing to me. And I like Drew. And I thought he would be a difference maker. But some of the, you know, some of the decisions he's making, you know, it seems like guys who are normally not – who are pretty smart players are making dumb decisions. So, I, I mean, I'm kind of – I know I shouldn't always put that on the coach, but, man. So, yeah, I would take that. I guess that's my long way of saying Milwaukee is the job. They have a team that, that can be um, a championship team. And if you're a great coach, I, I would want that pressure, and I would want to coach one of the greatest players in the league, and that's what I would go.
1: We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. My last movie that I saw in the theaters was The Last Skywalker. I know. Condolences to me. Oh, so. Wow, man. Nice. I, I just had talked about that and I completely forgot that I saw that movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Is that doesn't speak great things about it, I suppose that's the pop culture Cosmo show and the PCC multiverse catch our shows on worldwide radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts very spirited conversation we couldn't even talk the Lakers because there's so much to go on as far as the NBA news is concerned but I want to thank so much L Rob Laker Tom Jamie Sweet and Magic Man for being part of today's broadcast but before we head out These guys have got to mention exactly what they're doing at Lakerholics.com. So we'll start first with Laker Tom. Laker Tom, you're back now. You're back in the swing of things. The site is up, which is always good news. And it's ready to go ahead and get there for you for any interaction with any of the guys out there. But what do you have planned for Lakerholics.com?
0: I think the biggest decision that's facing the Lakers, and and it's one of the It's a decision that really cuts through the heart of the whole organization and the future of the Lakers as a team. That's what happens with Andre Drummond. I think we have a conundrum with Drummond that is endangering the future of the Lakers as a championship competitor. Because I think if we waste our MLE, our non-taxpayer MLE of $9 million, if we waste that on Drummond by somehow convincing ourselves that even though he had 25 games and he didn't really show that he could do anything other than have a minus 3.4 net rating with Anthony Davis. He's not a rim protector. He's not a low post finisher. He's not a lob finisher. He's a guy who seems to be the one guy always out of position when you have rotating defenses and so forth. And he doesn't stretch the floor. He doesn't provide, you know, he, he, his man just clogs up the lane. And we're talking about using, we have three real assets to go out and improve this team. We have a draft pick. We've got two players under contract, KCP and Kuzma. And we got the $9 million non-taxpayer MLE, most likely. So you're going to take one of those and you're going to waste it on a player who's a terrible fit as a center. And I think that that is going to be one of the things that I've been pushing for the last couple of weeks ever since these comments by Frank Bogle and Rob Palenka about how they really believe that the future of the Lakers is to have Andre Drummond at center, which I think is just crazy. I think the Lakers need to get rid of the three starters that they have now that go along with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. They need to move Schroeder in a sign-and-trade or let him walk. Uh, they need to trade KCP For a volume three point shooter, and they need to replace Andre Drummond with a modern, a modern offensive and defensive center like Miles Turner, who can shoot the three and protect the rim. There are other options in each of those cases. I like Buddy Heald as the volume three point shooter to replace KCP. And I think that there's a management team that doesn't want to pay for any, does not want to pay for two coaches. And so they're probably going to run, they're probably going to run out with. With Gerald's favorite coach next year.
1: That he and uh, he's the guy. He's
0: not my favorite coach. He's the guy, guy who uh, likes Kyle Kuzma. It's going to be an interesting offseason because we'll find out whether this whole thing is going to really, the success of the Lakers offseason is going to depend on what happens with Andre Drummond. If they buy this fairy tale that they had to admit was a total failure in game six, when they benched the guy and didn't play him, if they turn around and embrace that as the route to becoming a championship contender again and thinking that we didn't learn anything this year because we would have won it all. And it was just because of the injuries. Well, I'm telling you, it wasn't just because of the injuries. It was also because of the poor play of the starting lineup that we had out there. And at times the poor shooting of a lot of reserves. So I will say that it's been, you know, uh, Sean's done a great job as blog editor. Uh, the site's been just filling with posts and comments and and lots of long threads in there. And there's been a, just a great series of conversations. Your uh, check is in
1: the mail, Sean.
0: Yeah. You know, no, its you know, the thing that we try to do at Lakerholics.com that's different than a lot of the other sites is we're not an aggregator. We're not just putting that same news out there and posting a tweet and that that's all we do we're really curating the news for you we're really making the comments on the news pointing out the inter, the the intricacies of each of these particular issues as they come up and creating a lot of conversation where people are agreeing and disagreeing making their points defending their positions and so forth and and it's it's what really makes Lakerholics.com unique among all of the sites that all of this interaction that's caused with the comments between the various team of editors we have and all of the fans that come to the site regularly and go to the extra effort to contribute and make a comment and and like or, or dislike a post or so forth, that's become the main attraction of the site as much as the original content that I write or that that Jamie writes or Sean writes or or Gerald writes or the podcasts that we that we constantly do for everybody it's that interaction that you get that's that's like all of a sudden being at a table in the sports bar with three guys who really know what the hell they're talking about you know so anyway i invite everybody this is a perfect time to find out what's going on at lakerholics.com if you're really interested in what's going to happen to the lakers for sure be here next monday uh, to listen to the podcast because we're going to talk about all of the various options that are available to the Lakers and uh, and what each of us believes is the best path for the team to follow. And you uh, said
1: someone new is joining us.
0: Someone new is joining us. You
1: suckered someone in. You added <laughs> someone to the cult. There you go. No,
0: it's uh, anybody who's uh, watched. who's read I feel medium, like you're
1: Tom Cruise now.
0: Anybody <laughs> who's uh, who's a fan of medium. Spencer from Basketball University is going to join us on Sunday. And he does a great job. He's uh, he's actually a college student, so he's he's this is not a full time gig for him, but he's he's got a great site and he has great insights. He does some really lengthy articles. He's a Lakers fan, lives in the Central Time Zone, and I've been trying to get him on for a while. And and we've talked about you know exchanging some articles that we do and in, in on his site and and some of them on Lakerholics, but so he'll be there. So it's 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 going to be it's going to be a fun thing because. None of these guys have had much experience. It's mostly been me in contact with Spencer. And he's younger than all of us. So give us a little blend for, for, you know, you've got an old fan and me. And you got through all of these other guys who sort of call them middle-aged, if you will. I'm the senior citizen of the group. And uh, we're getting some young blood in there. So um, it'll be fun to, to see uh, how Spencer does with all of the other people in the thing. And if you get a chance, go to Basketball University. And check that out on Medium, because uh, he's got some great stories, great insights, and just be ready to read long articles.
1: Let me ask you this, L. Rob. How many days do you think it'll be before Tom kicks me, Jamie, and Sean to the curb?
3: <laughs> <laughs> you guys will be on a short leash, so Spencer, bring the pain and uh, give uh, <laughs> give uh, Tom a reason to uh, make some make some big moves, but... Sounds like it's going to be interesting, uh interesting uh, time and the uh, laker Hall site. Like you said, Sean has done a, a, a great job of keeping things hopping. So, I mean, these very interesting times. It's uh, exciting times if you're a basketball fan. Tough times for us, for us Lakers, but, I mean, you know, after you get a, rid of the initial pain of that, then you just kind of get back to making fun of other teams in their failures to misery-love company. So. <laughs>
1: absolutely but also, the yes but <laughs> oh catch but catch l rob on lakerholics.com with all of his great comments catch the articles from laker tom today at lakerholics.com jamie sweet you've got five things coming up before you go ahead and tell everybody out there what you're doing with five things how many days do you think before laker tom and spencer get into an argument
4: oh i mean all spencer's gonna have to do is say that you know there's a three point list shooting center that the Lakers should get because of X, Y, or Z. And that'll, that'll, Andre Drummond. <laughs> that'll be go. it. Uh, no, it could be Drummond, Adams, Howard, McGee. <laughs> I mean, All guys, I well guys we try to get rid of, man.
1: Uh, uh, uh,
4: you understand the point, I me. Uh, you could
1: agree with me that Jared Dudley is not the best 14th man in the NBA.
4: I don't know if that would be enough. I think, Tom, that's a playful, iconic uh, type of Okay, thing. that's just for yeah. me. All
1: right. That's okay. a,
4: that's right. That's Exactly. That's for one man's benefit. But uh, okay. no, I mean, listen, you know, the Lakers have a big hole to climb. The biggest one being the cap issues with, you know, a lot of salary tied up in roughly four to six guys, depending how retirings or opt-outs or what have you uh, all break. And that's, like you're saying, a story for another time. It's definitely a changing of the guard, the NBA this season. Uh, one way or another, a team that has not won the NBA championship in a brick ton of time will be uh, holding a trophy up. It's a bona fide guarantee at this point. <laughs> so that's really exciting, I think, for the NBA. I will add that it's definitely a, it's a tale of two seasons, right? If this were a Dickens novel, it would be a tale of two seasons. One that was interrupted and spread out, and one that was played from beginning to end but squished together. And we've seen a lot of interesting things that are not really normal, I would say, for the NBA in both seasons. So what'll really be interesting is if things progress in a normalish trend and we do still respect, uh, you know, masking indoors if you're not feeling great or, hell, mask up if you're not feeling great in general, right? Like many countries do it. It's not some sort of, crazy mumbo jumbo science it's that many germs are spread through the air you breathe which is basically middle-aged science if you get right down to it magic <laughs> man maybe could back me up on that one i don't uh, want to
1: catch a mm-hmm. cold and i don't want to catch covid that's so, what i there you go that's what I'm i said either? So, Who
4: sorry. wants to catch a cold if you do, if you want to stay home from work you pull the eh, eh,
2: Merman pop Merman! i i, I it <laughs> I literally talked to people who have basically said, "I'm never going shopping again wearing a mask." I right, like, had a cold in a year. The right, hell was right, it? Right. I don't care how stupid I look! I'm, I'm sorry. You get to look like a like a bandit, right? With
4: like a cool like if you could make it cool, like like. like.
1: Uh, that's all I'm mm-hmm. going to say. I haven't had a cold. In, in I didn't get a cold in 2020, and I haven't caught a cold yet in 2021.
0: Neither am I.
1: Yeah. So Just, I'll, it's a, it, it. a go to conspiracy.
0: Go to ruin our society. You wear one.
1: It sounds like it's getting late because Jamie's really going off the deep end. But before <laughs> we head on out, new age for the NBA is all I
4: want to say. Young stars. If Kawhi somehow manages to pull all the way through, He'll be the only one, one of the few that's only won an NBA championship before, and and that's But his
1: knee injury is going to prevent him from doing anything else. I agree. Yes. But, Sean, before we head on out, I know you got some great stuff as the blog editor for Lakerholics.com, so tell me your thoughts and what's going on at Lakerholics.com.
2: Gerald, once again, thank you very much for sharing your platform with us. And myself in general, it's been a real pleasure, and I hope it continues on the road. Sounds
1: like a resignation um, letter. I hope that's not the case.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, just a humble thank to oh, our host. Oh, okay. Well,
1: thank you. Thank you. Host. thank you.
2: Well, you know, Gerald, with all the injuries and with distractions and interruptions we've had here, I'm going to paint a picture for Laker fans and for general NBA fans. This year's playoff has been like if there was a nuclear holocaust there was only one gas station open, edible food available, but the gas station sandwich is about six months too old and it's got gasoline dripping all over it. That's what we would be forced to endure this year with these playoffs. Unfortunately, LeBron wasn't the only one that this coming. Uh, Arash Marquette, uh had a couple of really good seasons, uh, and health officials from basically all 50 states predicted this would happen in the NBA. A short layoff with a minimal rest. Players aren't getting their seven eight hours of sleep that they require. There were a multitude of factors that led up to this. But one thing we can say is hopefully next year, it's an eighty-two game season, we can get
1: some sense of normalcy because we sure as hell didn't get this year. That's right, indeed. But, again, for the best place to go for all your NBA news, information, and, of course, anything on the Lakers. And if you want to share your thoughts on what's going on with the Lakers and everything that goes on in the NBA, there's no better place to go. Than Lakerholics.com. Well, I want to go ahead and thank everybody from Lakerholics.com. Also, everybody watching and listening, we will be back on Monday for you listening out there. And if you're watching us on Facebook, you can go ahead and catch us on Sunday night as we go ahead and tape another great episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. <laughs> Jamie dropping the angels' knowledge on us. Hey, they can't pitch. They can't win. Simple as that. That's all it takes. Otani can go ahead and pitch. Rec-
4: just and, recognize, and, and saying just rec- recognize greatness. Trey he, he can hit all the Show- home
1: runs he wants and he can pitch all the complete games he wants. Shohei Otani. So he can't make up for the fact that the Angels. Really suck at starting pitching outside of him, and that's, that you know. It's, <laughs> oh,
4: don't leave the bullpen
1: out, Gerald. Don't yeah, leave not, the yeah, bullpen. Yeah, it's not. That's like that's like <laughs> gasoline on. on the fire. That's no, right. I, yeah. It's
4: it's John's description of the NBA yeah. playoffs as the Angels yeah. uh, this season and many seasons prior. Pretty, pretty much. Oh God,
2: Jamie, Recognize the, the Jay- bullpen is three times bad as the angels statistically so it's as
1: bad as ben simmons free throw shooting which costs philadelphia the game right now i'll tell you that
4: lonzo ball improved his free throw shooting it can be done it can can be be done done. it just (laughs) got to work at it
1: that's another podcast for another day but i'll tell you what it's going to be great as we continue to go ahead and update you on the nba playoffs we'll be back on again monday if you're listening to us we're going to talk about what the Lakers need to do. Plus, we will give you an update on the NBA playoffs as Brooklyn faces off in game six against Milwaukee on Thursday. And then you have the games with Atlanta and Philadelphia. And also as well, you have the Clippers and Jazz. Will all those series end in the next couple of days? Who knows what's going on, but I'll tell you what, it's been organized chaos. Like I said, here in the NBA, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you watching, but join us again on Monday. And please also don't forget Father's Day is just around the corner. If you haven't gotten a gift yet, best place to go Manscape.com. manscaped.com. You type in the code as one word, fast break, 20% off. You laugh, Tom. You laugh. But Fanscape.com is the best men's grooming product that's out there. 20% off plus free shipping if you type in the code FASTBREAK. But guys, it's been great talking to you about this organized chaos known as the NBA. We'll be back, hopefully, with a lot more news. And I think we will on Monday right here at the Lakers FASTBREAK podcast.